Ladies and gentlemen, Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Goodfellas Radio. All my listeners out there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Another great episode in Goodfellas Radio. And tonight we have a well-demanded topic brought to you by me, of course, the host, Randy Curtis. And we have a special guest, Miss Linda, also known as DT. How are you doing, Miss Linda? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a pleasure to have you on my show. This is my second episode. The first one I did with um, a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Zoe Williams himself. <laughs> and, um, That's I just awesome. I have to dial that one back and listen to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know Zoe is uh, he's, uh, outspoken. And uh, yep. talk, we talked about some real good uh, topics there about, you know, just trying to get our community as black people to take a stand and actually uh, build and stop using excuses for where we're at and just kind of move forward. That was kind of last week's uh, episode was about. And so, you know, Zoe is very insightful on that topic. Definitely. <laughs> So, you know, if we if we want if we wanted to, we could all sit here and make all kinds of excuses about, you know, our gender, our color, our education, whether we're short or tall or fat or you know, like we we could sit here till the cows come home, and make excuses. So, you know, it's not until you leave all that baggage at the doorstep and you just go ahead and steal the baggage, but you don't have to carry it. <laughs> You know, right, right. it'll still be waiting agree. for you. If you want to go visit it, it'll still be there. So, <laughs> but yeah, in order, <laughs> it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere unless we have the choice to, like, take it somewhere and throw it in the trash or whatever. Right, right. I tend to try to throw and, all my excuses in the trash. <laughs> If not, then I'm going to go back and pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're lonely, go back and pick it up. What can I say? Anyway, Randy, thank you so much. I'm delighted um, to be on your show, and I can't wait to get started. Yes, I actually want you to take a few moments, and I want you to speak on, let me see, I want you to introduce um, any products that you're selling um, and just 
introduce yourself to my followers um, so they can get to know the nice lady that we're interviewing today. Okay. My handle is the Men's Advocate. That's my nickname. And I promote men's issues. And I speak to men with regard to business issues, their personal lives, um, you know, dealing with women, dealing with relationships, and any and all of <laughs> the above. So, and people can <laughs> find me. People can find me at themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com, and I do have a book that speaks to this subject. And that the name of that book is called Mastering Women, The Definitive Guide to Understanding and Being Effective with Women. So basically what that means is you don't want to be run by your woman. So you want to be Ooh. the alpha dog. You want to step out. Um, this book is not about domination. This is not from our grand, grandparents' day where, you know, the men had 90% of the control. This is about being right. in a balanced relationship, but you have to be a tiny bit more of a man than she is. Only by 1%. That's all I'm asking. So this Just 1%? That's 1%. Gets the job done. Okay. Like I say, this book is not about domination. So, right, right. Uh, you know, I want you to be confident, and there are many tips in the book. In fact, a great part of the book relates to how to build your confidence. And I have easy uh, step-by-step tips that you can put into place that have nothing to do with her and dating. You need to build your confidence on your own before you come to the table. Because that confidence, when it's in your belly, it will naturally spill over and women can smell that confidence. So you don't practice on women. You build this confidence on your own. And there are many ways to do that, and I outline that in the book. Okay. Um, for the listeners also, um, I'm actually going to be asking you questions that you probably have to answer in that book. So everyone, please yeah. go get that book. Um, the website is themensadvocate.com and the book is called Mastering Women. Also for the listeners out there, the call-in number is 607-203-5420. Call us anytime. Interrupt us with your questions. We're here to answer any of them. And DT, that's what I'm going to call you. DT, um, I had a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, before we jump into the hot topic for tonight, I just wanted to ask, how many years have you been coaching and dealing with relationships, and what was your inspiration for the book? I've been coaching. I do one-on-one coaching with my clients, or you can also um, email me or Skype me or, you know, do do all kinds of different uh, forms of communication. Uh, since 2007. And the inspiration for the book is I was in a long-term marriage, got out of the marriage, and I started uh, back on the dating scene, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, where did all the good guys go? 
there's <laughs> no one left here. And so many of the men, um, I think, are womanized. You know, they're they're being, you know, kind of dumbed down with their gender, that all of a sudden now it's not okay to be a guy, and there's too much male bashing that goes on and making you guys look like, you know, idiot cavemen and so on and so forth. And I thought, okay, I've had enough of this. So I, on, on, my, on a personal end, I met somebody early on right after I got a divorce. And this guy, he had it going on. I mean, he was willing to step up to the plate, stand up to me, say what he had to say without being rude, without being arrogant, say what he had to say to where I had to back down and let him be the man. And I thought, wow, you know, there's something about what he does that I need to figure this out and bottle it up and sell it. And that's what's sexy. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what women want. You, you're, you can't do this all the time because you're going to be a tyrant, going to be arrogant and cocky. So it doesn't work if you're in that mode all the time. You only bring it out of the bag when you need it, when it's an, when it's an issue that's uh, relevant and important to getting your point across, I'd say 5% of the time, 10% of the time, that's when you bring it, at, bring it out. And, you know, every girl wants a guy that she can look up to. Every girl wants a guy that she can respect. Every, so this book is about that. It's like how to, every how to woman? gain that respect. Did and, I hear that correctly? Un, you said unlike woman? your mama's told you, unlike your mama's told you, I need you to like erase all that brainwashing where she says, "Oh, you know, Sonny, you have to respect girls." No, doesn't work that way. Respect is not given; respect is earned. Ooh. So this book teaches <laughs> you how to earn the respect. Wow! So. We have to, as men, give room for a woman to earn respect from us? Yep. Up until then, she's neutral to you. You don't give her respect just because your mama told you so. Meaning that you don't disrespect her, nor do you respect her. You're in the middle. You're neutral. You're polite. You're a gentleman. You're in the middle. She doesn't get respect unless she earns the respect. And goodness knows with what's going on out there with women today, very few of them have earned the respect. Now, that I do agree with. (laughs) That I do agree with. You you know, I ran across this statement frequently, um, and it says, um, it's actually a quote from the Bible. People always say, women are the weaker vessel, and they try to use that as a way to say women are emotionally weaker, physically weaker than men. But I started to do a little research on that actual phrase, and what it's talking about, it's not talking about women being weaker emotionally, spiritually, physically. It's actually that word uh, weaker vessel is actually, you can translate it to fine china, you know, like a delicate dish or uh, a delicate cup that, you know, you will put in a box and you will write fragile, do not drop, you know, kind of thing. doesn't mean that right. they're weaker. It actually means that they should be esteemed and taken care of, 
with a little bit more compassion and concern than the regular dishes. I would tend to agree with that, yes. I mean, they're certainly not weaker, you know, emotionally or spiritually. That's for darn sure. But in general, (laughs) just in general terms, you know, nature made men bigger, badder, stronger, faster than women for a reason. There's, there's, you know, there's a, the reason why is because, you know, way back when, 10,000 years ago, when there was a threat to the camp and, you know, the animal was coming forward or some other sort of threat, the women, the men were made stronger so they could protect the women, the children, and the village against right, whatever right. this threat is, whether it be an animal or some other kind of threat. So in that sense, women are the weaker vessel. Okay. I, I, I actually agree with that. Um, I actually have ran into today a lot of people that, um, you know, I was telling them about the radio show to tune in while I was at work, and they were, you know, a bunch of men were asking questions like, I had a guy who was, I would say, in his early 30s, even that was like, I'm single, and it's because nowadays women have changed from the way they used to be that I don't even know how to approach a woman. You know, I go to a woman and I'll say, oh, hey, how you doing? And I may compliment the way she looks, and she's going to say that I'm thirsty, I just want a booty call. But if I go to her and say, hey, what's up, girl, then she's going to be like, oh, you disrespected me. So he was actually asking in a sense of how do you approach a woman in this day and age? Because it's like if the woman is not physically attracted to you the moment that you step to her, she's automatically going to reject you. What's your thoughts on okay, that? Okay, well, well, the last statement is not true. Um, men view women based on what they see. The vice versa is not true. Women do not view men, for the most part, by what they see. Um, The exception to that rule is the 20-something-year-old girl. And the reason why there's an exception with that is because girls today have given up. They, They don't know how to be feminine, and they don't know how to reel in a guy, how to lure in the guy from across the room to come over here and talk to me. (laughs) So they're acting out and they've given up and they've decided, oh, well, we're just going to be just like men. So under that heading, the 20-something-year-old girl is interested in the guy's looks. But that's genetically and biologically speaking, that's not how it works. It's learned behavior. They've learned to do this because they've given up. So in general, most women are not attracted to the guy's looks. And if you want proof of that, you know, go look at this dropped, you know, this dropped uh, dead, you know, dime girl, and she's with some fat, short, ugly, you know, ugly guy. And the reason why (laughs) is, the guy has money, power, fame, stats, confidence, like all these personality traits that she's attracted to. So in general, ah, so women are attracted to your personality, not the looks. Okay, so you say a woman, a, a dime woman, taken back from your statement, that a dime 
would talk to a man with money, power, confidence, and etc. That kind of goes along the lines of what Corey Holcomb said in a previous show um, when he was with Zoe. He had said that women follow power and money and that if you have money, you can sleep with most any woman in the country and they follow the power and the men that are in power. So are you actually agreeing with that statement or is that you have a kind of a slighter different view? Yeah, I'm agreeing with that statement, except that statement came from a man's mouth. So that's his translation of what it is. So I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm going to give it to you how it really is. It's not the money. Not the money. Okay. It's what the money represents. And the money represents confidence. Like he didn't get all that money by being an idiot. You know, he worked hard or he went to school or he invented something or he had a product or a service that made him move up in his chosen field or endeavor. Okay, so all of that hard work that he put in to get there to finally arrive it's not about the money it's about the confidence that you have that's what women want uh, more than they need air they want the alpha male pretty much pretty much pretty much and I don't care if she's making $250,000 a year and she's got it going on even those women because I interviewed those women too They might tell you otherwise, but guess what? You need to be more of a man than they are by only 1%, and you can win them over. Now, that goes back to the question. It's not about the money. Nowhere nowhere in my book does it say you have to have money. Nowhere in my book does it say you have to have, you know, the wallet or the tats or the, the houses or the cars or, you know, all these material things. Not one page in my book speaks to that. But you know what? I have a lot of pages in the book that speak to how are we going to build your confidence because that's really what it's about. So this day and age, woman, and we we both can agree that the the overall uh, view of society on what a woman is and who she is has changed drastically in the last 30 to 40 years. So should men, how should a man, how can a man be a traditional man if a woman is no longer the traditional woman? I mean, like, you know, what what I've seen was, you know, the man works, he brings in the money, you know, he does the yard work, you know, every. You know, he he cooks every now and then, you know, spends a little bit of time with the kids. But the woman was okay with being the woman, being in the home and raising the children and doing the laundry and things like that. And it was joy there because it wasn't a compromise. It was 100% given from the woman, 100% given from the man. And so that relationship was built on, this is who I am. I know my role. Let's work together. Nowadays, it seems like that kind of died out. And why do you think that? It has died out, and it is a little harder to navigate uh, for the young dating person today. But it's not that it's unsolvable. 
um, it's harder because the lines are blurred. I mean, back in our parents' and grandparents' day, you know, the scenario that you mentioned, everybody knew what their role was. I mean, if her role was doing the laundry and your role was mowing the lawn, everybody knew what their role was. So there was no confusion. Today, it's lots of confusion because there's lots of over overlap. I, ha- I have men write to me who say, you know, I'm trying to be a gentleman, and I try to hold the door open at the lobby, and she's giving me grief over it. Like, you know, I can open the door myself. You know, she's just being an, an ass about it. So, you know, it's just <laughs> gone to such extremes that men don't even want to play, play anymore because it's just so out of control. So the broader answer to your question by the way, I interviewed, I have a degree in psychology from UCLA, and I interviewed 20,000 men to find out what are their issues. Like, what are you dealing with? What's your headache? What's your fear? What's your roadblock? 20,000 men. And from this, I was able to come up with a formula that works for any woman, anytime, anywhere. So it's four easy steps. If this guy does these four steps, he can win over any woman. And that that doesn't matter if he only wants like a one-night stand or all the way on the other end of the spectrum, which she's your forever girl. Works anytime. So wow. you were asking me a little earlier, how do you approach this woman? So to say you look fine which is what's important to a guy because, I, as I was saying earlier, guys are into looks, how the woman looks. She could care less about that because, for the most part, women are not tapped into the looks department. Like I, I say, you can have a pretty girl and an ugly guy, you know, and she's fine with that. So how you approach the girl is um, my second step, which is called connect with her. So you have to find something in common And that's what you talk about. Like if you're in a club and there's a band there and you saw that band, you know, a month ago in this other club over here, start talking about the band. You know, if if, uh, both of you are drinking the same kind of beer, start talking about the beer. You have to look around the room and see what you have in common first and start it from a point of connection. And that's what will perk her ears up. Wow, a point of connection. That's 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 right. actually good. That's actually good. I'm going to. And you know, you can you can even use this skill like in business when you're uh, try if you're a salesman, you're trying to win the sale, or if you're an employee, you're trying to win a raise, or like whatever it is, you want to connect with the person that you're talking to, and that connection right. makes them feel like okay, they're, they're drawn into you now because they have this thing in common. Um, if you see that she's wearing a Knicks hat and you're also from New York, start talking about the Knicks hat. You know what I'm saying? You have to, like, pay right. attention to what's going on in the room. You know, if she just ordered the chicken wings, you know, make a comment on that if you've had those chicken wings. So you want to do something that bonds with this person, whether it's your boss, or a potential girl, or an existing girlfriend, or whatever, you're going to get a lot more mileage if you have something in common. So that that makes sense, right? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now we 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 just covered how to approach a woman. Now I'm gonna take a two minute we're gonna take a two minute break. But when we come back, I wanna talk about actually being in the relationships and I have some questions and some statements that I just want you to be raw and uncut with. Um, be real and I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit and I want you to attack back and it's going to be funny, it's going to be respectful, it's going to be hilarious but I want to take a two minute break and as soon as this break is over then we'll continue discussion callers call in, the number is 607-203-5420 the topic is the new woman and how men should respond to her given to us by the men's advocate herself, Linda D.T. Gross. From an evolutionary point of view, and today we're going to see the world through three points of view. The first one is going to be social exchange theory. Social exchange theory goes like this. According to social exchange theory, we are rationalists and uh, economists. We weigh things and make decisions based on those weights. And what we're weighing is whether we're being rewarded or punished for our actions. This is a very primitive idea that pervades many aspects of, so of social sciences, going back to uh, a guy by the name of George Homans uh, back in the 50s. And uh, the idea is, in social exchange theory specifically, that uh, as, as we apply that idea to relationships is that Partners evaluate the rewards and costs associated with being in a relationship along with barriers to leaving the relationship and, their, and, their, and the available alternatives. Okay? So we as relationship partners, this is the goggles that I'm asking you to put on right now, we as relationship partners are always sort of evaluating things. We're always judging the relative rewards that we get as uh, compared to the costs that we're dealing with in our relationship. And as we make some decisions about our relationship, we're also thinking about uh, what our alternatives are, um, what my expectations are for a relationship in general, what some of the barriers are that keep me in this relationship. Okay? And one of the important things that you want to take away, in addition to that, that sort of characterization of social exchange theory, is the idea that uh, satisfaction within a relationship, or how happy you might think you feel in a relationship, is not the same thing as whether or not you want to stay in a relationship. That becomes one of the real interesting and important contributions of social exchange theory. This is a picture. Okay, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, Goodfellas Radio. If you're just tuning in, the topic is the new woman and how to deal with her. And our guest today is Linda D.T. Gross. She's the men's advocate and the, the writer of the book Mestering Women, The Definitive Guide to Understanding and Being Effective with Women. Um, that clip I just played, DT, was actually a professor from UCLA, um, Professor Benjamin Carney, um, and he made a statement on there. It, it was his class on communication and conflict in couples and families, and he made a statement on there. I don't know if you heard it, but the statement was pretty much what I got out of it was a, a happiness versus loyalty um, stuck out to me, and I would have to say that scanning, 
if we had a room full of like a hundred women, I would have to say at least ninety five of the women in that room will always seem to be unhappy. Is that a true statement? Well, that's a pretty big number. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I would go so far to say unhappy, but I would say hard to please. Ooh. Okay, elaborate. Meaning that it seems like sometimes women have, you know, a laundry list from here to the end of the block and back of what their dream guy is supposed to be like. So, you know, when you don't get that laundry list of, you know, 100 things checked off, that's going to lead to happiness, right? I mean, if your favorite form of ice cream is pistachio and you go into 31 flavors and they're all sold out of pistachio that day, you're going to be unhappy. Well, that's kind of what it is with women. So they make it so hard on themselves, and they have such a long list of what their expectations are from this guy that if he all of a sudden doesn't, you know, tick off one or two of those expectations, she's, you know, bam, she's unhappy. So in that sense, I think they're, you know, unreasonably hard to please. And they make themselves unhappy as a result. Okay. And ladies, so, if you've got ladies in the audience, <laughs> that's kind of the exact opposite of what a, man, what a man wants from you. A man wants the girl to be chill, like not too many demands. So if you're, <laughs> you're sitting there and you've got your little laundry list of 100 checkboxes that you've got to like, tick off now, where is that going to get you? Not very far. Well, can you really blame the women for thinking that way when you have things like radical feminism that comes up with concepts of the disposable man? Yeah. No, I know it's a lot of brainwashing going on. I mean, it's, you know, let's start with feminism. Let's start with women's lib all the way to today, which is reality TV, which is anywhere but reality. I mean, the expectations are set so high you know, they have these these young teenage girls, their quinceanera parties or their sweet 16 parties, and, you know, the dad's got them flying to Paris to, like, you know, have a designer gown, and at the end of the party they get, you know, some $50,000 car. I mean, that's a hard act to follow if you're the 15-year-old boy trying to follow that act. I mean, it, it's absolutely not reality. But that's that's what you guys have to deal with today. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. Today it's like a woman uh, is taught to chase a career and not to enjoy life. And what I mean by that is like if you look at the statistics of everything that's going on with, with women in relationships um, and then you start looking at things like women controlling uh, $10 trillion uh you know, out, out of the money, and then you look at the abortion rates amongst women um, and the reasons why women get abortions because they may feel like the man's not going to be there or they may feel like they already have an, enough children and they and another one will financially hit them. And then you have those ones who just got seduced into a one-night stand and it's like, okay, I don't even know this guy really, so let's get rid of the kid. It's like, like the mindset of the new woman is I have 
I want to be comfortable, and you men have to fit into my world in order for this to work. If not, then I'm sure there's other men out there. And it's easy for them to do that because you have a lot of thirsty men uh, who are willing to do anything to get a woman. That's true. That is true. And I have, so, you know, I'm all in favor of women being, in, you know, in as much power as they want to have. I absolutely advocate that they, you know, continue their education, that they get their career started. Um, what What isn't going to work is for you to maintain that mentality 24 hours a day. So I had to learn this lesson myself if I can be so bold to admit that, that, you know, I was pretty powerful in the workplace and it took me a long time to figure out, you know what, at 6 p.m., you got to turn that shit off. You know, you got to go into your <laughs> feminine role. <laughs> you know, as soon as you're off the clock, you got to go back to your natural feminine role. Otherwise, the relationship's never going to work. So it's and, good and to I've... be... It's good to be powerful as a woman or a man in the workplace because it's it is so to speak a man's world. So you have to com- compete at that level, but on a personal level, it really doesn't work. And that like and that that, that, that whole statement you just said is so true. Be- and it's like men, especially. Um, I'm going to go on a limb here, especially uh, African American men. We are in our Genetically, we are subconsciously built to view ourselves as prince and kings. And so when we look for a woman or we have a woman, we want this woman to be a queen, so to speak. And um, when, uh-huh. when, the, when the queen comes home, it's like the queen wants to take the king's position, and, it, and that's when the battle begins. We actually have a caller on the line. I'm going to go ahead and... Get this caller on. Yeah. Thanks for calling Good Goodfellas Radio Show. This is Randy, and our guest is uh, Linda Gross, a.k.a. DT. Thanks for calling Hi, in. Hi, Randy. What's how are you doing this evening, and how are you doing, Miss Gross? I just have well, a question hello, I want to ask you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. I just have a question I want to ask you. Uh, in your dealings with, you say you always uh, interview or counsel men, what is your views on the older man? Because I'm a woman at 67 and a widow. Uh, what advice could you give me? The older men don't need my help as much. So someone who is over 50 years old, they are a little bit older than the women's lib movement. So I think they have a good foundation, and those men – they have it going on. I don't. I don't give too much advice to those kind of guys. It's the ones oh. that that were part of uh, the women's lib generation because back in the early 70s, when women's lib took place, we had the highest divorce rate in our history, and the women of the day decided to kick out all their husbands, and they also told them, "Stay away from my son." I'm earning the bacon, and I don't need you around, so get get lost, and I'm going to re- raise this son myself. Um, I think that a lot of harm came of that mentality. Um, what they should have done is they should have taken ownership of it and said, I chose the wrong man. Not that all men are bad, but that I chose the wrong man. 
their boy, they should have still have brought, you know, a grandpa around or uncle around or a sports figure or a religious figure. They still should have given that young boy a male influence, and they didn't. They withheld that from the boy. So mm-hmm. a lot of the young men today are too feminized as a result of it, in my opinion. So I would say somebody who's older than 50, most of the time they're fine. They have all the skills they need. They probably did have a good male role role model in their lives, so I don't have any issue with them. Oh, okay, because I was just interested because I know you say you dealt with the men, and so you deal with the younger group, so the older men you think they're more established. Yes. If you have a specific question or issue you want to bring up, I'd be happy to address it. But in general, um, if you're getting back on the dating scene, um, if you're dating people who are men who are over 50, I think you'll be fine. Okay. Thanks so much for your help. Of course. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Going back to... um well, actually, I want to touch on what the caller was 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 talking about. Whew, it's it's hard for, like you said, people over a certain age because they're stuck between the world that they grew up in and where we're at now. And so the men, I believe, and this is where I dis I actually disagree with you on this part, DT. I believe that some of the older men have taken some of the mindsets of this time and they're trying to somewhat balance both of them together. And so when they have an older woman in their life, they kind of don't know how to treat her because they want to do all this young and youthful things, but keep the old mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So I kind of feel like men that are over 45 50 years old, I think they're kind of uh, stuck. (laughs) Um, If they're single, then it's going to be very hard for them to actually find someone they say, I want to spend the next 10, 15, 20 years of my life with. Whereas younger men, we have, younger men have a whole ocean full of women, but in that ocean, it's like they're kind of the fish in that ocean are kind of um hard to catch. I'll say that. And and I think it goes back to what you were saying about the long checklist that women have and it's like, but what happens if you're already in a relationship and uh, you know, I I I talk to young uh men all the time that are having relationship issues whether it be uh, sexual issues, whether it be issues of all of a sudden her expectations of me have, have jumped real high. So it's like, what, how do you, how can a man and, or how, or how should a woman act um, if they're already in a relationship and they feeling like their expectations are not being met? They can leave. I mean, if it, wow. if it really is that, if it, if it really is that bothersome to them, you'd be doing both parties a favor. Just leave. I know a lot of women, unfortunately, 
they get into a relationship and they think, okay, well, he's got some of the items on my checklist here, but I'm going to take him on as a fixer-upper and I'm going to mold him into the guy that I really want, okay? So to those women, in fact, I just wrote the brand-new women's dating book, and to those women I say, you need to leave because if if you think you're going to control a guy, then that means you don't respect him. And if you don't respect him, this is never going to work. So meaning they need to go back to the drawing board and find a guy that's 1% more of a man than she is. You know, and that takes effort. But so what? Because if you don't respect your guy and you think you're going to pussy whip him and you think you're going to control him and manipulate him, You know, some of these women do get away with it for a little while. They might get away with it for, I don't know, six months or whatever. After a few months, guess what's going to happen? She's she's now going to disrespect you and walk all over you because she can. Not that she wants to. I mean, she's not being hostile or mean on purpose, but that's just the female way. If, if, um, If you let us, take advantage of you, we will. But you know what? At the end of the day, who is that benefiting? It's not benefiting her, certainly, getting less than what she wants, and it sure as hell isn't benefiting him because he's being beaten down and be, and he's becoming less of a man. He's not becoming more of a man. He's becoming less than. So, you know, in those types of situations, she needs to get a reality check and leave. Either that or change her ways. So my thought (laughs) is if you have to control him, it means you don't respect him and you got to leave. you got to find somebody, the woman has to find somebody that they look up to. Even if it's 1%, he's got to have it going on some kind of way in just one area. But it's got to be a little bit more than what you can do in that area. And then she'll let you be. And, the, and when she lets you be, which is being in, being in a feminine role, it's actually a very powerful role for women. And unfortunately, women have been brainwashed that, you know, you're not allowed to be submissive, submissive because that means you're being unpowerful. But nothing could be further than the truth. If she lets you be, it's a man's natural tendency to protect and to provide for her. Now, by, by the word provide, back in our mom's day, that used to mean money. Today, because women are in the workforce, it doesn't mean money. There's 20 different ways a guy can provide. He can provide, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. He can teach her something. I mean, there's 20 different ways. It doesn't have to relate to money. If you let that guy be and that guy is happy and joyful, he will naturally want to protect the women and children and naturally want to provide for you. He will be jumping through hoops to make his woman happy in his natural state. If you try to control that guy, oh, look out. It's all bad news for both parties. Okay. That, that, sound, that sounds reasonable to me. We have a caller on the line. I just want to get these callers in. Yeah. Okay, caller, welcome to the Goodfellas Show. State your name and tell me where you're from. Hello, caller. 
Caller? Okay, I think we lost that caller. Hold on. There's another one coming on. Thanks for calling the Goodfellas Radio Show. State your name and tell me where you're from. Hey, how y'all doing? It's uh, Jesse from Annapolis. How you doing, Jesse? Hey, nothing much. How you doing, Linda? How you doing, Randy? I'm doing great. Welcome aboard. Thank you, thank you. I just wanted to touch on a couple of things you just said real quick because you hit a you hit a few points like right on the nose that I actually wanted to call in and speak on. And one thing was like letting the man actually be in that natural state. Like I really feel like that is really important, really, because it goes back to touch on another point. It like it elaborates on another point when you were talking about the checklist. It seemed like to me, now correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like that checklist a woman has, it seems like it's almost like creating a man in her mind. Even though that man exists already, it's like she's creating this man with this checklist, and now it's like, okay, I need to find this man that I'm creating with this checklist. And a woman will go through a relationship and another relationship and another relationship and another relationship with this checklist that's that's obviously, like, not really building the person she truly wants, like, at, at what point, like, how, how can you give these women advice? At, like, at what point do you kind of have to adjust this checklist, you know? Because, I mean, it seems kind of obvious. It's like, okay, you know, you're going in relationship after relationship. Obviously, this this person you think you want isn't the right person for you because you, you're looking for this person based on this checklist. And, and it seems like women aren't comfortable with adjusting that checklist. It's like they know what they want based on that checklist. This is what I want you know, you're not it, so so be it. It's like at, at what point, you know, do they decide to go outside of their checklist to talk to someone different that they may like, you know? That's a good question, Jesse. I think women today, it's the flip side of what's going on with men. You know, men today in general have a lack of confidence and a lack of how to be what I call an authentic man. To me, an authentic man is the men today are sort of at two ends of the spectrum. They are either on one end, which is cocky and arrogant, or they're on the 180-degree other end, which is resigned, and I'm going to sit here and wait for the woman to come to me, ask me for the phone number, ask me for the date, plan the date. You know, I'm going to have her do all the work. So they're on either end. And to me, both ends of that spectrum is, um, not an authentic man because to really get into your manhood, you need to lead. You need to take charge. And like I say, it's only by 1%. So that being said, the women with these checklists that are unending, it's because they're using it as a security blanket. They really don't know how to tap into their feminine power. So instead... Mm. They've decided to come up with this endless list, which keeps them, it's self-sabotaging. It keeps them away from the real man that you are. So it's yes, broken, yes, that's, it's that's broken a, on both ends. So my, yeah, that's, my that's advice to, to those because, women. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, my advice to those women is they need to dial down how to get into that feminine power. 
So they can start by reading my book. They can start with asking, you know, their grandma's generation, how the grandma's got it done, or something. It has to start somewhere for them to feel comfortable to let that security blanket go because it's, it's a false sense. That checklist is a false sense of security, and it's not doing them any good. And, and you know, I want to give my because even I'm sorry, just real quick. Even like on the other side of things, I understand where you're coming from with that. But at the same time, like like as Slim says, like there's a there's a good dude in front of this woman's face who don't meet this checklist she has in her mind because she got this particular dude in her mind. Like not because like the dude in front of her is arrogant or cocky or anything like that. It's just like. Just naturally, I don't know whether it's just her parents or what it is, just don't meet her checklist. And, like, she doesn't even take the time of day to even see, like, you know, if she could possibly like something about this dude. But it's just it's just checklist, you know. It just seems like it's I a think, wall sometimes. Hey, Jesse, so I think, what, I think what, that... I equate this, what I equate this checklist to is really and truly when you peel back the onion layers, it's because the woman doesn't have enough self-confidence herself. So she's That's using exactly this as say. a barrier yep. between you and her. Mm-hmm. I, truly, I truly believe that it, it stems from the mindset uh, that society has placed on the new, the new age woman. I mean, if you look at all the TV shows that were back in the, ni- the late 80s, early 90s, all the way up to now, it's like, Women have this view of this jaw-dropping, oozy feeling of coziness, on, and all the guys on TV are the guys who meet that checklist. And, but the reality is that the men out here, the good men, we have flaws. You know, I look at myself as a good man, but we have, we have flaws. I'm not perfect. My wife knows that I'm not perfect, but my wife is one of the rare, rare women who don't have a long checklist and she allows me to be the man and she's the woman and we submit one to another not i don't control her she doesn't control me it's more so in the sense of let's agree on a situation and a lot of times these women like you said jesse they throw a good man away it's because they haven't been taught reality they've been taught this fancy world that the woman uh that the society has created for women that actually teaches them to have insecurities and to actually not desire the responsibility of the role of being a woman. I think that's well said. I, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we appreciate the call, Jesse, man. Um, we talking about some good stuff, and I appreciate your call. appreciate your questions. Is there any, is there any other questions you want to ask me or DT? No, nah, I'm good. Thank you, man. It's a great show. I'm I'll, I'll, I'm staying tuned in, man. Thank y'all for having me. <laughs> okay, brother. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yeah, DTC. I, I I just I just think I just think it's 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 the parents' responsibility to teach children reality. I mean, nowadays children look at TV and they look at SpongeBob and they're looking at, you know, whatever cartoons are out there and they're 
the parents are allowing these children to think it's reality in the name of I don't want to crush their heart. But the world is cold, the world is real, and I think the children will respect the parents more if they grew up with the understanding that television isn't reality, it's entertainment. And those mindsets that movies and TV shows bring are not reality. So it's the parents' responsibility to actually teach the daughters and the men how to be men in their time and how to be women in our time. I mean, if if you look at some of the men, I mean, all the men ain't good, you know, and all the women ain't good. You know, you have uh if if I could use this word, you have um trifling women out here who are chasing money and that are chasing men with power and just want to use their body or and seduce a man to get what they want to suck them dry and then you have men who pimp women for the sake of um making them look better in the eyes of society, so I think society plays a big role and how we interact with each other as male and female, especially when you're already in a relationship and these expectations come from nowhere because they wasn't discussed before you actually got into the relationship. True. That communication goes a long way with regard to that. With regard to what you said with the parents, I'm not going to slam them too hard because if they had the ability to have good parenting, they would. So the fact that they're not doing this parenting role, I mean, you can't ask the blind to lead the blind. Like if they don't have it going on, (laughs) if the parents don't have it going on, how on earth is she going to teach her offspring? It's not going to happen. So, you know, she might be using that TV set as a babysitter because she's stressed out. She's been working all day or whatever, and she just needs some peace and quiet to go make dinner or whatever it is or run the bath. Um, You know, if the, my my line is, if the parents could do better, they would already be doing it. So she might not know how to do those things herself. Wow. But see, the, so, the thing I like way, about... By the no, way, for, for women to have a good self-esteem about themselves does not take the wife. It takes the dad to teach them these things. Because the dad already is a guy. He already knows what guys want and what's going to work. And here's how to look for his character. And here's how to look for this attribute and that attribute. He's already a guy. He can already give her the 411 on how this all works. So if there's an active dad in her life, um, in her teen years, that's when he needs to step up to the plate and school that girl. And the wow. same thing gonna... goes for goes for the the young men. Men come into their manhood or not in the ages of seventeen to twenty one. So that dad, and if he doesn't have a dad, it could be a strong male figure, like I said, grandfather, uncle, whatever it is. Some man has to teach him how to be a man. You cannot have the mother doing these roles because it's blind leading the blind. And the, wow. the mother might be well-intentioned and well-meaning, but that doesn't mean she's going to get the, get it done. So I'm not going to fault her. 
she needs to be big enough to realize, the mother needs to be big enough to realize that I don't know everything and I can't play both roles, mother and father. I'm going to step down and let a guy teach, you know, my son how to get this thing done. I agree with you. Know, that. Mother nature, I agree. mother nature is not stupid. You know, the sexes are not the same, and there's two sexes for a reason. And you know, <laughs> if there if there was no reason to have two sexes, we'd all be unisex. Okay. Right. So there are very strong things that the mother brings to the table, and from the mother's point of view, biologically speaking, from ages zero to twelve. You need a mom in your life if you're the daughter. From the son's point of view, you need the mother in your life from age 0 to 17. Okay? After those teen years, those critical teen years, 12 and 17 respectively, the dads need to take over. And that's when you'll get the true learning. Wow. I I agree. I agree. I believe that there needs to be more men in the home, um, no matter what um, excuses or barriers right. that that block us. Right. You know, and um, me me being a young black male, I mean, we 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 know all about the marginalization of of black males and how we were cut off from the home and now we're trying to recoup and, you know, we know all that, but there still was a male figure that could have been searched out by the woman. Like you said, like an uncle or a grandfather or anybody to teach the children. Anybody. As long as it's a mentor and someone that you can look up to and someone that you can learn from. So, the mom needs to let go. She can't do both roles. That's not what she was put here for. So oh my goodness! If, if you're, <laughs> you need to make that statement again. <laughs> <laughs> she can't do both roles. I mean, like I say, Mother Nature is not stupid. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of attributes that women are very good at, they bring a certain element to the table, and there's attributes that men are good at, and they bring elements to the table. And the two things should cross over, should overlap with each other. It's not one to the detriment of the other. It's not one sex to the detriment of the other. It's not one sex to the annihilation of the other. Like, who is that serving? I mean, is she that selfish? Is she that stupid that she's got to have it all to herself? It's not working. These mothers have done it this way for 40 years. It's not working. They need to give it up. Wow. Wow. So, so if your listeners want to find out. advocate. <laughs> yep. If your listeners want to find out more about this subject, um, I have in my book four traits that the guy needs to win over any woman at any time. So we talked about two of them today. Uh, confidence is number one. Number two is connect with her. There's two more in the book. You get those two sewn up, and it's, you know, easy as pie. It's easy as pie. It's like having uh, the magic key that unlocks the lock. You're just going to, you know, be, you know, flooded with, oh, my God, this is so easy. This is so doable, and I'm going to start right now. 
to like practicing these tips and you'll see your, your whole world will turn around. I mean, I'm speaking generally to dating men, but the uh, book is also good for married men and men who are in relationships. In fact, you can even carry it to the next degree and use it on your work relationships as well. It works there as well. So um, you should invite your your men to check out the book. They can Google Mastering Women Space Linda, and it should come up on the, the first one on the list. And check out the book. It'll change your life. All right, I'm going. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, DT, the last topic that I want to touch on is conflict resolution within relationships with the new age woman. I think that should uh, get some calls in and get some <laughs> hot uh, debates going on. <laughs> okay. Um. We're going to take a quick break. Callers, be ready to call in. The number is that whenever we speak about the past or when people say, well, you just want to go back to the 50s or something, we always speak about the past as if it were a sitcom from the 1950s. And I think women have always done, been able to achieve great things, certainly through history and certain types of professions. But I think the early 70s really blew open an enormous number of them for us Mm -hmm. and brought, again, a sense of respect and dignity to our aspirations outside of our family roles. On the other hand, I think it also simultaneously denigrated those roles that we had at home, denigrated uh, our work as mothers, denigrated the importance of motherhood, and also, I think, denigrated or undervalued our feelings um, as mothers. Mm -hmm. And I want to get into Mm -hmm. all of those things, but one of the major premises is that women of your generation, the Mm -hmm. daughters of the revolution, perhaps have never been as kind of unfulfilled and in many Mm -hmm. respects confused. I think the book is subtitled, Why Happiness Eludes. All right. I we are back, good show, good fellas radio show. We are here with the men's advocate herself, Linda D T Gross. Um, if you would like to order her book, you can go to themensadvocate dot com. That's T H E M E N S advocate dot com, or just Google Linda D T Gross, and it should pop up. The book is called. 
Mastering Woman. And I believe that it's an excellent book. You can use it at the workplace. You can use it if you're already married, or you can use it if you're single. So everyone, please go support DT. She is an amazing woman. She's highly intelligent, um, and she keeps it. She's unbiased, and she keeps it raw and real. Um, so we are back from our break. The number to call in is 607-203-5420. So, DT. Yes. Conflict resolution within relationships. Do you think that women are more violent in relationships than men, not just physically, but physically and also verbally? I think they are. I I don't think it's always been this way, but it seems like the last couple of decades, yes. And I think it does relate back to what you were saying a a little earlier um, with regard to they're unhappy. So, you know, if they're unhappy, they're going to take it out on somebody. And guess what? Tag, you're it. So as a result of that, yeah, I think women are, are getting angrier and angrier, and it's because they're just not getting their needs met. But a lot of their not getting their needs met really is their own fault. There's a lot of self-sabotaging that's going on. There's a lot of uh, buying into, you know, the media and reality shows and this, that, and the other, um, many of which that's, those things are, they promote falsehoods. And, you know, she's just not operating from a good place. She's not operating from a good premise. I think the women that have more uh, self-respect and have more um, self-worth and their conditioning continuing their education, getting their career started. I see it happening less with those types of women because they're goal-oriented. You know, they're, they want to be successful in their career, and um, statistics show that those who are happy in their career and uh, have, you know, a good foundation, again, just like I was saying earlier with the guy, it spills over to her relationships. So those types of women that are more goal-oriented are also going to have a better relationship. So it comes back back down to confidence and self-worth. The better you feel about yourself, you're less likely going to abuse the opposite sex. I mean, it makes sense. (laughs) Wow. Right, right, it does. So with with that statement you just made about agreeing that uh, women are, are more abusive and violent uh, physically and emotionally. That can that power that you women possess, the power of communication that you communicate better than men, which you guys do. But it's the way that things are communicated that results the man into exploding now we have some men who are controlling i'm not talking about those that we're talking about in a relationship where there are two normal people and there's a dispute going on um statistics say that if a woman is soft but stern then 75 percent of those arguments and conversations actually end on good terms but when the woman is yelling and if I can use this word, ghetto, then 
it begins to build a boiling point in the man because we are, like you said earlier, naturally designed to rise up when feel when feeling threatened. So do you agree that a woman's tone and the word choices that she used can actually change the situation? Absolutely. And I'm going to give you an easy tip for the women in your audience to put in place right now. Start using the word I. I need to be, you know, at the school at 5 p.m. I need to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Say the word I rather than you need to take me to to the school or you need to take out the trash or you, you know, um, erase the word you from your vocabulary. And the reason why that's important is because when you use an I statement, you're letting your partner know what it is you need. And guess what? He heard you, and he will step up to the plate. You always want to give the guy the leadership role. So let him be the guy to decide, like if you need to be at a certain place and your car broke down, you need to be there at 5 o'clock or whatever, let him decide how he's going to make that happen for you at 5 o'clock. Don't you be telling him, well, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do that, otherwise I'm going to be late for my whatever it is. No. Because that means the woman is the decision maker when you're using the word you. And most men don't respond happily to that. You want to decide so how to, to make it happen. If she needs to be that... there at 5 o'clock, the man will figure out how to make that happen. You don't need to, like, fill in all the blanks. He'll make that happen. So let him. So what do you, what would you say to the to to the woman who is doing everything in the home and she's working hard and the guy is just watching TV all day and she says, hey, I need to be at at the bingo place by 7 p.m. and he's like, I don't feel like dropping her off and she goes and drives herself to bingo or gets a ride to bingo. I mean, how should that woman feel at that point if she has a deadbeat dude because i mean we're talking about women changing the way they are but what about some of the men who are deadbeat who just are lazy and want someone to cater to them without them dishing out well it is a dance i mean you know if <laughs> if the if the woman is doing all the hen pecking and all the ordering around not very many guys are going to be responsive to that so, you know, some of the ways that they respond to that is they become a deadbeat because they're just sick and tired of hearing, listening to you. So wow. you have to, you know, it might not happen on day one, but if the woman adopts the word I, like I need to be at bingo at seven, you know, you might have to like lay the seeds and practice the I word for like three weeks. It's not going to happen overnight. And then when he actually does step up to the plate, let him know how this made you feel. Like, like I feel really appreciated, and, you know, I know you had to leave the game for 15 minutes to drive me down there, and I really appreciate it. He's going to feel like a million bucks. So you, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the risk and reward kind of thing. You have to reward him for the good behavior rather than always criticizing him for the bad behavior. If you're always in critical mode, he's tuning you out. Right. Wow, that's so true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like when a woman 
it goes back again to what I said about the word choice. It's like if a woman, a man wants a woman who can flat out it, it, what we call what we would call in the urban language ride or die. I mean, this woman is building your confidence. She's telling you. She's she's encouraging you, and it makes a man feel like he can conquer the world. And you know, some men, you know, are looking for that. They're looking for that that partner. Not someone under them, but a partner who will actually speak into their life and and help them feel like they can fulfill destiny. You know, I have a little saying um, that the beginning of true love is the death of duty. And what I mean by that is it's it's pretty much saying that when a man is feels uh, like you're complimenting him and he and he feels appreciated, he feels honored in the home, then it's no longer a duty for him to do the dishes, to drive you somewhere, to go to the grocery store or anything. And he, the man looks at it as an honor and a privilege to spend time with a partner versus spend time with a taskmaster. Does that make sense? Exactly. Exactly. Because then you feel like, you know, wow, you know, I have it going on because my woman looks up to me. My woman is appreciating uh, the things that I do rather than, you know, being criticized, you know, 24-7. You know, you're you're looking forward. You're, you know, tripping over yourself trying to do good for her because she's got your back and you've got her back and it's a mutual admiration for each other. Yeah, I agree. And And, and you can relate to this. Um, also, I think music has a lot to do with 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 that mindset because if you look at the older music from like your generation, my parents' generation, even my grandparents' generation, it's like that music was all about the love bond between a male and a and a female in the context of loyal relationship. Like, you know, they want to give the world to the woman and they'll die trying, not because it's a dude but because they're actually waking up in the morning and their and their mindset is man I just want to see that see her smile and I want to conquer anything for her I think this day and age we have lost that um what I would call hovering effect over a relationship and that hovering effect is what I just said that that waking up to a woman who like you said doesn't have a long checklist that is complimenting the man, thus making the man feel like he's Superman, pretty much. And I think that's missing in today's society. But how do we get that back? Well, I in the book, I have a chapter on how do you know she loves you to the guy? Wow. How do you know that she loves you? Because she can talk, you know, talk a good game, but that doesn't mean anything is true. You know what I'm saying? So there's certain characteristics right, right. that you look for. And if she's actually, there's four characteristics uh, to win over the woman. And then there's these other four characteristics to win over the guy. So the way you know you have a good woman is she's doing the guy's four characteristics. If she's missing one or more of those characteristics, she's not truly in love with you. You might be a figurehead. You might be somebody that she's walking down the aisle with. 
but you're replaceable with the next guy. You know what I'm saying? Because she's more about right, right. the party and the big dress and the gifts and all that, and, like, who cares about the actual person that she's marrying? I mean, I hate to be so blunt, but that's how women are these days. So um, you can look for those four traits. I call them the men's four C's in my book. And if she's got those traits, she's a keeper because that means she is truly wow. in love with you and the probability that you're that you're going to have a successful relationship and a successful marriage just like goes through the roof when she's doing those four things. So that's how you know. Wow. The woman that you just described sounds like Daisy off The Great Gatsby. <laughs> you know, that woman who wants the romance and misses the romance, but won't leave the man with the power and the money. And it's just that whole thing. Just it, When soon as you were speaking, the first image I got was Daisy off of the great Gatsby, you know. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> I want everyone to go to themensadvocate.com, and I really think that the world needs to – well, I'm – America needs to read this book. I believe that a lot of uh, relationship issues can be resolved, and I believe that single people can actually have a guideline of studying uh, the person that they're dating, you know, to see if they're compatible, to see if they want to take that next step from what you're saying uh, that the things that are coming from the book is kind of like, um, psychology profile studying on how to find the 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 person that is perfect for you. Like I don't believe in perfection as a person can be perf- a person can be perfect, but I believe that a, a individual can be perfect for another individual if that makes sense. And I believe that your book can actually give us a checklist and a guideline on not only how to view the other person, but to check up on ourselves to see if we're being genuine and real and and if we're holding up to the standards of connecting with women and being confident. You know, I really really like the way that that book is sounding. You almost, you know, it's like you just wish that you can control everyone's computer and tell them to go to Amazon and and buy it. And for the (laughs) listeners on here, um, if you click... On my blog, on my blog page, I actually have the Amazon link to her book there. I encourage everyone to read that book, male, female, cat, dog, I don't care. Get the book, read it. It is awesome. It is a definite blueprint on how to get from here to there. I'm not, I'm not getting it. You know, I'm not going to give you a theory and what might happen and what could happen. No. Do A, B, and C, and you're going to get this result D. Bam, go. It's it's easy to do. It's something that you can pick it up, read it, and do it right now, this minute, and have a positive effect this minute. I mean, it's just so elementary. Well, I've made it elementary. I mean, I've taken very complicated issues and made it a roadmap on how you get from here to there. Um, with regard to your comment a little earlier, as I was writing the book, I had a lot of teens Um, write to me and they would say, I've watched my parents do it wrong. 
I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to unlearn bad behavior later because that's just going to cause too much drama. I'd rather learn how to do it the right way right out of the gate. So for those types of men, um, you know, there's a section in the book for that, how you can make that happen. For the guy who's just about ready to propose, before you propose, you know, I want you to take this uh, internal uh, inventory and see if it's the right fit for you and if it's the right fit for her. And there's, you know, there's an inventory that you can look at and see if it makes sense to you. So I've pretty much covered, like, all the different types of scenarios from the guy that has zero experience, he's, he's just leaving his teenhood, he's becoming a young man, all the way to, uh, you know, the guy that's just about to propose and then extend beyond that to guys who are already in a relationship or married. Um, even though the book mainly addresses dating men, I have a very large female audience, and the benefit that they get out of the book is you can't run and you can't hide. This is a mirror on what you're doing. And a lot of women's behaviors, it's out of their control. It's so buried in their subconscious, they don't even know they're doing half this stuff. So the book puts that mirror right in front of your face, and it shows you how your behavior affects the man. And at that point, when you have the awareness, then you can change those negative behaviors to attract a better quality guy. Wow. Now, it's a pretty powerful I want you, book. Yes. I, and again, themensadvocate.com, I'm, I'm, I'm stressing it a lot. I want people to go out and grab this book, support DT, and really read this book and take to heart what she's saying. Um, DT, I want you to, to to promote your website. I want you to tell people, say if a, a, a lady in the audience wants one-on-one counseling with you or a man, how can they go about doing that? Um, they go right to my website, themensadvocate.com, themensadvocate.com, and uh, click on the tab up above that says coaching. Um, you can also email me at any time. I view my own emails, and I actually do respond. If you have a question on anything, um, I'm happy to help you. So, you know, and, and if you don't abuse it, I'm, you know, I'm not going to charge you for that for my time as well. So, um, you know, I'm here. I'm a resource. I'm going to be a little angel in your pocket, and we're going to get through this. And uh, hopefully you'll join the ranks of, more than 20,000 men who have tried some of my principles and they're very happy. So I'd like to bring more (laughs) on board. (laughs) All right. And for those on social media, how can they find you on Facebook and Twitter? You can Twitter me at DT4M. That's DT4M. It's short for Dating Tips for Men. That's the number four. That used to be the name of my daily column that I wrote before the book. Um, And then you can also find me on Facebook. Uh, My name is DT space Linda space Gross, G-R-O-S-S. And the book, again, is Mastering Women. Find it on Amazon or Google, 
and uh, it should pop up. Just put Mastering Women's Space Linda, and it should pop up as the first entry. Mastering Women. I love that. I so love that. Everyone, please go to themensadvocate.com. I keep saying it. I keep saying it because it's important. Mastering Women, the definitive guide to understanding and being effective with women. DT, I want to thank you so much for being on my show. The information you spit is amazing. My Twitter is blowing up. <laughs> um, I'm, I love your unbiased stance, and I would love to have you back on the show. I know I'm going to get Zoe back on the show uh, soon. I want you back on the show real soon. I want to I want to get your voice out there because I really believe you have some vital information for the men and women in this society today, and it's just an honor to have you on my show, and I really appreciate you accepting the offer to come on here. Thank you so much. I want to give your um, listeners a little bit of a bonus. If they mention, if they send me an email or a Twitter and they mention they've heard me on your show, I will give them 15 minutes of uh, coaching free. DT? Are you still there? Did you hear me? Yes. I think we lost you for a minute. Oh, okay. So I just wanted to say to your listeners, I wanted to give them an extra bonus. If they uh, email me or Twitter me or Facebook me and let me know that they've um, heard me on your show, I will give them 15 minutes of free coaching. Wow. Listeners, 15 minutes, free coaching for saying that you were listening to a guy named Randy's Radio show, yeah. Goodfellas Radio. Right. <laughs> right. Well, DT, well, I appreciate you. Um, we'll be in touch soon to get you back and let me know if any of the listeners um, inbox you or anything. I want to keep, I want to spread the word. And um, I thank God for women like you. <laughs> thank you Until so next much. Time, very flattering. Yes, I'd be happy to come back on. I'd be happy to come back on anytime you'd like. This has been terrific, and I really appreciate your consideration. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our show for tonight. This will be archived, and listen to it and get 15 minutes of free coaching. Everyone, have a relaxed night. DT, God bless you. Thank you, and you. Some violent content. Parental discretion is advised. Bye 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 bye.